0: Welcome back to the LeaderLink podcast. This is Charles,
1: and I'm Josh,
0: and we are in a series now of talking about leadership development and the process and the rationale and how how just how we're going to do it.
1: I love it. Yeah, that's. I mean, today last last time I guess last time we had an actual conversation was probably about a month ago, and we started working on the leadership pipeline in this kind of general category of leadership development. Uh, so we just wanted to rehash real quick, very briefly, some of the things that we discussed that time. Um, and the first thing that we did was just look at what the pipeline is. And, and the pipeline, I guess, as a whole, the concept there is, in order to grow individually and as an organization, we have to multiply leadership. Like right. That, that has to happen. Yeah. Uh, and so we think about, there are different broad categories within any organization, uh, and you kind of want to start thinking about what are some of the specifics for you, but those those different broad categories are, first and foremost, we want to develop people who are leading themselves. Right. That's where you have to start.
0: Yeah. If you can't lead yourself, you you cannot lead anyone else. Correct.
1: Yeah. Uh, but as we do that, we kind of identify other people uh, or people in that category who are capable of leading others. So right. you're kind of your frontline supervisors, your initial first managers. Right. You develop those people, and then you kind of weed out and see some, there are others who can become leaders of leaders.
0: Next steps. Exactly,
1: exactly. And then you've got people who can lead departments, and ultimately you've got people who can lead organizations, divisions. You kind of, depending on what industry or how big your business is, there are certain different, Right, there, there are more maybe leadership kind of areas, but that's a generic way. So you lead self, lead others, lead leaders, lead departments, lead organizations. And within each of those really are different uh, milestones, different competencies that have to be met. Um, and so we're going to think about those over the next few weeks, but, but that's the gist of the pipeline, the leadership pipeline that we discussed last week.
0: Right. Cause we're not, not every organization is going to bring in outside people to be in that middle management role or senior management role. And so what we're talking about is equipping organizations to be able to develop people within their own organization for those roles or, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, some, some people may be developed and choose to go to other organizations, sure. which, you know, that's okay too, I think. Yeah.
1: I <laughs> right. mean, it's unfortunately part of it. If you're, if you're in a, I mean, if it's, again, it's, it goes back to how your business philosophy is. If you treat your people well, right. if you really develop them well, if you, and, and you have to compensate them, yeah. right? because that's unfortunately I think what happens in most cases is you go to a place that's bigger who have a lot of leadership development resources they give you all their you know their input and development stuff and then another company offers you more money that company doesn't so what do you do you move it's it's kind of a natural I mean honestly it's not a bad thing but it, it's yeah. the
0: natural progression and it yeah. says it says something to the, the 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 quality of the organization that you come from who recognizes that that is a possibility. And and I like the fact that organizations like that don't operate from a scarcity mindset of, we have to withhold our resources for us alone. Right. uh, Because uh, you're right. It's just the reality. Some people will, will leave, Um, but we're, we're going to look towards the positive and and think that people might stay. All right. So um, one of the things that you and I talk about is that from, from this development, there is a process and that process you like to look at it as, as a square as a, as, a, as a box.
1: Yeah I think so images are how we're wired as people. I mean that's why we love stories so much because stories conjure mental images. That's why we love art and television and media because we're just we're and especially the younger generations like ours we're image driven people by 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 nature almost and, yeah. and by nurture at this point. So having a a way to visualize this is so much easier than thinking about it like bullet points. And so a square has four sides. The leadership development process really has – it has five steps, but you can visualize it in four. Okay. Uh, So if you think about a box, let me give you the overview, and then we'll talk about each of the specifics. Think about a box. On the top side of the square, you've got step one, which is I do, you watch. Step one is I do, you watch.
0: I do, you watch.
1: The right side of the square is I do, you help. So number two is I do, you help. The bottom side of the square is you do, I help. So step three, the bottom side of the square is you do, I help. Okay. The left side of the square, step four, is you do, I watch and celebrate. Right. So step four is you do, I watch and celebrate because if somebody is able to c- complete the process, yeah. you can't just go, okay, you, you know, you've done what you're supposed so to celebrate do. is necessary. It's definitely necessary. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and celebration probably should happen at every step, but that's really the big <laughs> one. Uh, and then I said there's five steps, four sides of the box, but step five is really the natural outflow of this is once you have been walked through this process and you have done it while your, your teacher has watched and celebrated, then it's your responsibility to take this to somebody else and walk them through this. Okay. Right. So that's step five. Okay. That makes sense.
0: And that goes, you know, from, from really that's a, as a great picture of moving from step one to two of leading self to leading others uh, or, or leading others to leading leaders. That's
1: exactly right. Yeah.
0: Um, And you know, this, this process reminds me of uh, a pretty well, well, first of all, where did you get that? where,
1: I read a book a long time ago called "Building Discipling Leaders," Okay. and it was one of those uh, one of their things. And so, uh, Mike Breen was the author of that book, uh, and he brought this in and, and showed. and The whole book is fascinating because he uses images to to give us ideas on leadership and discipleship. But this was one of the this was called the leadership square.
0: Interesting. So the uh, the the this theory or this this process really reminds me of the uh, situational leadership theory by Hersey and Blanchard okay. that talks about the different styles of leadership and it moves from uh, starts with directing and that's uh, that's your high level of giving direction or I do yep. and a low level of support really Correct. this is just I'm doing it uh, or I'm, I'm telling you how to do it and then then the next step is coaching which has both high levels of direction, but also high levels of support. So that's your, I do, or I do you help kind of step. And then it moves from, from coaching to supporting, which is a low level of direction. You're, you're doing it, but a high level of support. So I'm, I'm helping where I need to. And then the final step is delegating, which uh, you're not really directing or offering that, backup support and that kind of goes with the you do and I watch and then you know yeah I celebrate right um but what's interesting about that leadership theory is that it's not just focusing on the leader's behaviors it also focuses on the development of the follower and where they are and it's it's interesting that they 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 refer to the the follower, with very specific terms, and it's it, it starts off with an enthusiastic beginner, okay, and it goes to disillusioned learner, hmm. then reluctant contributor, and then peak performer. Interesting, and and it they they identify where this person is in that level in that process of development by their level of competence and their level of commitment. So. um, Initially, somebody who's the enthusiastic beginner is going to have a high level of commitment, but not quite as much competence. Which is where the "I do it and you you watch" right. comes in. And that dis- disillusioned learner they have interesting, interestingly, a lower level of commitment, but some competence. Hmm. So I do and you help. They they've they've kind of figured out oh this is maybe a little bit more than I expected it to be. Right. I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed or yeah, you actually I'm have responsibilities. So yeah. It,
1: it shifts your mindset. Yeah. Initially you're just kind of, it's abstract, it's theory, but when you have to apply it and right, actually doing something, yeah, the nerves kick in, the, the self doubt kicks in and the yeah. doubt.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That word doubt is so critical in that stage because one of the key, roles of a leader or the developer at that point is to make sure that that person realizes, yes, I, you're doubting yourself, but we will get through it together. (laughs)
1: Right.
0: Um, and so really stage two is one of the most difficult for a leader and the follower because the follower has the low level of commitment at that point because they're, they're disillusioned and the leader, if they're not emotionally intelligent, we'll we'll see that doubt and possibly weed that person out because sure because they believe that they're uh, not capable when, right. in, when, in, and when in reality they're just processing a lot of things. Um, and then that moves on to, uh, the Rolex contributor and peak performer. And in those situations, the, the competence has shifted from some competence. Now they're highly competent. Uh, and, and so, uh, and and the the goal of the leader is to help move them from the low level of commitment to high. So anyway, you say that that uh that that development that five stage mm-hmm. and I just I really think it fits with that situational leadership theory.
1: I actually really like that because I think it identifies a little bit more of the the depth of the reality of the the phases. Yeah. Whereas the what I say, you know, the kind of the taglines I have I do you watch yada 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 that that really gives you the task, but it doesn't give you the, the intimacy of what's going to happen within that phase. And I, and I just wrote a note down that most friction I think occurs in steps two and three, Yeah. because with step two, the friction comes in the, in the learner, right? The person whose skill is being developed. But step three is really where the friction comes with a leader. And it's because the leader is going to, in step three, like you do, I help is the most difficult thing in the world for a leader to do. Right. <laughs> right because it means relinquishing control and it means the job is not going to get done as well as you want it to get done it yeah j- it can't because somebody's learning how to do it right and so that's where I think the this leadership process this leadership square development gets hijacked really the most in steps two and three because step two the learner hijacks it by doubting themselves by going no I can't do this I'm not capable. And step three, the leader hijacks the process because they go, this is not being done as well as I need it to be, or as fast as I need it to be, or I just do it myself. Right? Yeah, um, no, you're
0: exactly yeah. right. And we have these internal expectations of others that at stages two and three may not be met right? because everybody learns at different speeds mm-hmm. and, you know, as a pastor, you have been doing your your ministry for so long that some of the things that you do that just come second nature I will never fully understand or if I if i tried to do it, it would take me quite a bit of time yeah. but they're second nature to you yeah. and and really one of the we were talking about one of the leadership things that I that I'm doing now with the Texas Police Chiefs Association is leadership for the field training officer mm-hmm. And as a former field training officer myself, I know that by observation, when, when people get into that police car, they have no idea what they're getting into really, even though they've been through the academy and all that, they really have no idea what they're stepping into. Right. And so those, that first phase, they're learning a lot, but then we expect them to pick things up at a more rapid level than sometimes is capable.
1: Yeah. And I think honestly that this is one area that I have failed in leadership development is those second nature things. Because for for us and whatever your field is, whatever industry you're in, you have those second nature things and to you at that point they seem like common sense. Yeah. I don't need to explicate this because it's obvious, right? right. Um but for the new person or the person who's learning rather whatever phase of the pipeline they're in. Cause this could be, I mean, you could be moving somebody from a leader of departments to organizations. There are still things that they don't know. So this is not about the the rookie to the, you know, uh, but those things that we assume is second nature, common sense, we've got to be really clear and explicit about, even though it, to us, it sounds like, Oh my gosh, I'm belittling this person. You know, this is so simple and so obvious. I think one of the greatest fails that I've had as a leadership development like guy Or as a person who's developed leaders is assuming these things. And then you go down the road a little ways and you put them in a situation and they go, what? Like, what am I supposed to do here? And you go, that's so obvious. But it's because I was taught well or I just developed that.
0: Or you just had experience that things have come up and you've you've had to learn how to deal with it. Exactly. And yeah. so it's so easy for us to assume right. that other people have had similar experiences Correct. or yeah. training or background.
1: And I think it, it, this is something that I, I firmly believe. I, I do believe that, that so much is caught and not taught, but when it comes to leadership development, you have to explicitly teach those things that you expect to be caught. Right. Uh, it's just a given because I, I swear to you, I model these things. I, I walk through them but unless you say this is what the expectation is, and then you model for them what that is, then it just it doesn't get through.
0: Yeah. And, and you're right. Modeling and, 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 and being an example for yeah. somebody is a great way for people to learn. Yeah. But we can't let that get in the way of the reality that just because we're modeling it doesn't mean people are picking it
1: up exactly because we have to train people to observe what we're modeling that's i think that's such a crucial thing people don't know what to they have to be taught to observe before they can be be, begin to pick things up right i think you know the i don't know if this is true but you know a detective when they walk into a crime scene i mean they're seeing i could walk into a crime scene and see a bunch of things and go oh that's blood oh that's a broken base (laughs) but a detective sees those things and is able to To make conclusions from them, right? Right. Because they've been trained to observe and then what those observations mean. Whereas, you know, me, I have no idea. I could walk in there and the detective could start talking and I'd be like, okay, but unless I've been trained to see what he sees or she sees, it doesn't matter.
0: Right. And so teaching observation skills is is very important, Um, not only for somebody to observe the model that they're following the, to observe the behaviors and the leader that is training them. Mm-hmm. But also they need to develop these observation skills because at some point they will be applying them with other people and they right. need to teach them to other people. Right. And so that, that kind of, I think we'll wrap this one up here, but that goes into what we're going to be talking about in the upcoming episodes. And that is really the, the five areas. And those are
1: character, Skills, knowledge, emotional intelligence, or just emotions in general, and physical.
0: Right, and so the, the, a lot of a lot of people kind of summarize those two in in character and competence. Right, and so we're gonna we're gonna spend the next two episodes talking about that, and we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Leader Link Podcast. If you like what you heard, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts we want to know what you want to hear about when it comes to leadership. You can leave us a comment or send an email to info at jcleadershipconsulting.com. And we'll see you next time.